On the farm today, we focus in on polycrops. Joining me right now, Dr. Jillian Baynard, a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Jillian, what we wanted to focus in on is the fact that you and I have seen each other at a number of meetings this winter, and the focus of the presentation is on cover crops, polycrops. Set the stage for people. I explain to us a little bit about this and, and why it's such a topic of interest for producers. Yeah, definitely. And it is a topic of interest right now. I think people are becoming familiar with the phrase regenerative agriculture. And what that means is looking at agricultural practices that build soil, that are good for the environment, but also provide economic returns for your farm. So in a forage system, we're exploring the idea of cover crops. So that will help build your soil, uh, might provide other benefits like weed control or increased productivity, but that you can also then use that plant material for forage, which gives you another benefit from that crop. So for producers, when we're talking about this, we can really look at setting up quite a diverse mix here, can't we? And, and there's a number of benefits by doing that. Yes, so a lot of the buzz is around increasing your species number or increasing that diversity to provide different benefits. So you might have legumes in your mix to fix nitrogen, things like peas. You might have brassicas like radish to control weeds. And then again, to focus on our forage quality, you might have some cereals to provide good fiber um, and you know roughage for your animal. Is there a certain number that we should have in a mix? Uh, you know, there's, there's some people that say two or three is good, some that say six, I've seen 12. Yeah, that's a great question. The number of species people always want to know, well, how many do I need? And, and I've heard upwards of 18 or 20. And the research we've done, we haven't found a real advantage to having a ton of species. Now that's specific in the trials we've done in the Swift Current area. Um, I think the key point is having a diversity of groups. So like I said, a legume and a brassica and a cereal, but not necessarily is it a requirement to have a really high number of species. Cause that, that provides a big cost or expense mm -hmm. and also some complications for seeding considerations. When we're talking about doing this, once we have that, that mix figured out, what are some of the other challenges that we may face? Yes, so once you have maybe some species selected, I would my first sort of tip would be make sure what you want to seed will actually grow in your area. Talk to your neighbors, talk to seed reps, talk to the egg ministry people. Um, but then the next thing would be how are you going to seed that uh, because you have a diversity of seed sizes. So there's a couple different ways you can get around that. Maybe doing multiple passes, using your fertilizer sidebander, uh, or just winging it, putting it all in, in one tank, and that, that works too. And then timing is a big issue um, with all farming, right? We're basing it on available moisture. Um, you do need to get good establishment of this cover crop if you don't want it to get weedy. Um, but also the delaying the seeding can provide you with some later season forage as well. So there's a lot to consider. You will hear of people doing a late season, so even after maybe taking off a cereal crop, 
might work in some parts of the province and parts of the prairies. If you're in a drier region, um, you're not going to get enough late season growth. But um, in the spring, that can be quite flexible if you want to seed, you know, early or on time or even later into the beginning of June. That's Dr. Jillian Baynard, a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vossler.